your phones out. All right, we're going to start tonight with a little, a little poll. So if you look up here, um, P-O-L-L, not P-O-L-E. So Jesus says many things about who he is and what he does in our lives in a word, okay, or a couple words. Which one or ones mean the most to you about who Jesus is in your life or what he does in your life? So you can either go to the website, pollev.com slash Christian Dunn with one N. Don't ask me why. 293. And if you go to that, then you'll ha- it'll take you right to the spot right now. Go. Or you can text Christian Dunn with one N, 293-2-22333, and then it'll respond to you, okay? And then you'll text back an answer. And it's going to show up right up there right now. Go. Give me some answers. Jesus says many things about who he is and what he does in our lives in a word or a couple words, which ones mean the most to you? While you're doing that, let me just remind you that we're staying after to have dinner together tonight. It's going to be awesome. The Eagles are winning 13-3. to 3. That's awesome. And Josh is somehow going to make it so we can watch the fourth quarter on the big projector screen. All right? Um, so the, the, if you're choosing the texting option, you send it to 22333, and then in the message that you send, the message is Christian Dunn 293. So send that message to that number, and then it'll reply to you and ask you for your answer to the question. Come on. Now, this would have been, we would be done if this was youth group. All right, so he will always be with us. Was that a teenager? Tell me who's the first one. Who's got up there? You, you got it? With your tiny little phone. Look at you. Oh, my gosh. Miracles. <laughs> Signs and wonders. You can actually answer more than once. So if you have a couple answers, just hit it again. Just once you're in, you're in. You can send a, send a couple answers. That wasn't you? No, I just got something back after. Oh, see. Who, who said he will always be with us? Jed. I knew it. I knew it was a teenager. <laughs> well, you, teenagers do so many of those remind app things that any time a new person asks you to do that 810-1010, it comes up as like all your teachers. All right. We got some coming up here. That's good. Keep them coming. I know that more, everybody should answer. Come on, we should all answer. Oh, Tracy, you need some silence to think. I counted to five in my head. Oh, it's making them disappear. Why can't you show us all of them? Janine, what happens if you click one of those arrows at the bottom? Well, try it. There you go. Yeah, so if you click, mm, I don't know about previous poll. Cool. The way, the truth, and the life, love, forgiving, our perfection, provider, truth, father, Oh, good? Great. Then watch it. Thank you for figuring that out. There was a couple options in it. It's our first time. I want to do more of these, so we'll figure it out. Okay. So Jesus says a lot of things about himself. You can keep answering if you want to. I'll send out the collection maybe uh, via text, but there's a whole lot of things that we can say about it, um, about who he is, right? Um, The Bible tells us he's life, he's peace, he's joy, he's resurrection. He gives the Holy Spirit freedom, light. He's the only way to the Father, all right, there's a lot of things that Jesus says and claims that he is in our life. And I think that we know 
a lot of them, and we experience a lot of them, clearly, because they're happening behind us in real time. Here's the problem, though. I think sometimes uh, the way that we live life in this culture and this world becomes a barrier to really experiencing all these things, experiencing him as a smiley face or an empty quotes. Um, that was a good one. Uh, and, and I think specifically when God doesn't act in our timing and when he doesn't act in our paradigm or what we think should happen, that we get challenged, okay? So let's, let's take one, thanks, good job, guys. Let's take one, one, for instance, you know, that he says that he will give us peace beyond our understanding, that he himself is our peace. And yet, how many of us struggle with anxiety and worry and doubt at times? I do. Okay, so does that make his word false? Is he a liar? Is his word powerless? Am I not a Christian? Right, so his word is true, He's full of power. I'm still a Christian. Why, what's the disconnect between what he says about himself and what I experience? And I think that a lot of times it's, it's our understanding of how things should work. You know, I think that we've been trained that things should work now and how I expect them to work. Now and how I expect them to work. And if, that, if those two things get messed with, we, we start to get upset about it, you know? Um, and it's just the culture that we're in, we've been, we've been programmed, especially like guys, people who are under 25, I think you've been, you've been born with devices in your hands and everything, you know, like when you know, when you're like, I mean, we, when I was first in college, we had something called dial up internet and you know, you would plug in like this cord. If, I remember I wanted to move my computer across to a different part of the apartment when we were first married. You had to take this cord with you. And then it would be like, you know, like, do that little song that it does. And it would just be, you know, just to load a page. Like you could like click load and go make a peanut butter and jelly sandwich, right, and come back. And now if I'm trying to load a page on my phone and it takes like a second or two, I'm like double click, swipe out, try again, you know. Because this is like, it's obviously broken. Turn it off, turn it back on again. Something's wrong. We're just, we're very instant. And, and also just because of, I think, just naturally, we think we know the best way. So we face a problem in our life and, and we think, I know how this should be handled. God, please handle it according to my will. Right? But God taught us to pray your will be done on, on earth like it is in heaven. But we're often like, hey, God in heaven, do on earth like I will. Do my will. It's close to like be my servant, but our intentions are generally good. But still, it's like according to my will. Like, I know that my daughter should be on this team, or I know that my son should be, you know, in this position, or this, 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 and this thing. So, God, do it. And God's not always the way we think He should be, because I think we forget. So, remember, we're doing a series on remember about God. Here's some things I think we forget about God. Four things. God's timing is not ours. Did I make it? Yeah. God's timing is not ours. He has an eternal perspective. God's plans are higher than our plans. God is with us in the moment. It should say maybe even if we don't know it. And God often operates in supernatural ways. Because of these four things that we forget, we get all uptight about the things that God's doing. So those are the four things we forget. Now, what we're going to do is we're going to read a really long section of Scripture together. We're going to read the story of Lazarus. And great timing. Mandy just walked in because she always harps on me that I read long passages of Scripture too fast. So I'm not going to read it too fast. 
all right? This is a long one. If you have a Bible, turn to John 11. I didn't put it up there because it's 43 verses long. But we want to read the whole thing, and then we're going to talk about those four things that we tend to forget. Okay. John 11, verse 1. And if you don't have a Bible or you don't want to look it up on your phone, just zone out. For the, no, I'm just kidding. Don't zone out. <laughs> Try to focus. So a man named Lazarus was sick. He was from Bethany, the village of Mary, and her sister Martha. So we, we know these two ladies, right? They're disciples of Jesus. And more than that, Mary, Martha, and Lazarus are like friends with Jesus. More, he's more than a teacher. Mary, whose brother Lazarus now lay sick, was the same one who poured perfume on the Lord and wiped his feet with her hair. So the sisters sent word to Jesus, Lord, the one you love is sick. When he heard this, Jesus said, this sickness will not end in death. No, it is for God's glory so that God's son may be glorified through it. And Jesus loved Martha and her sister and Lazarus. So when he heard that Lazarus was sick, he stayed where he was for two more days. And then he and all the disciples, then he said to all the disciples, let's go back to Judea. But Rabbi, they said, Rabbi is a word that meant teacher. A short while ago, the Jews there tried to stone you, and yet you're going back? And he said, are there not 12 hours of daylight? Anyone who walks in the daytime will not stumble, but they see by the, Lord, by the world's light. It is when a person walks at night that they stumble, for they have no light. After he said this, he went on to tell them, our friend Lazarus has fallen asleep, but I'm going to wake him up. And his disciples replied, Lord, if he sleeps, he'll get better. Jesus had been speaking of his death, though. And his disciples, as usual, thought he meant natural sleep. So then he told him plainly, guys, Lazarus is dead. For your sake, I'm glad I was not there so that you may believe. But let's go to him. Just pause real quick. How confusing is it to be a follower of Jesus? He doesn't make it easy on purpose, right? First of all, he's like, I love them very much. Let's wait. Did you notice that? And then he's like, guys, he's sleeping. No, he's not. Okay, he's dead. But I'm glad that I told you because now you're going to see. I mean, what? All right. Then Thomas, who was known as uh, Didymus, which, side note, do you know what Didymus means? Anybody? I thought so too, but it's not doubter. Yes. Do you know why? Oh, cheater, it's on your phone. Do you know why, Christine? Who, who did he look like? Take a while to guess. Who did he look like? Jesus. He looked just, just like Jesus, and so they called him, everybody had like their formal name and then kind of like a nickname, a Hebrew and Greek name. They called him twin because he looked so much like Jesus and hung out with him all the time. Never knew that, did you? There you go. So he said to the rest of the disciples, let's go so that we can die with him. On his arrival, so they got no idea what's going on right now, right? On his arrival, Jesus found that Lazarus has already been in the tomb for four days. This wasn't a surprise to Jesus, right? Bethany was less than two miles from Jerusalem, and many Jews had come. So there's family and friends and then hired mourners, and they're coming in for three to four days to, to mourn. And when Martha heard Jesus was coming, she went out to meet him, but Mary stayed at home. Lord, Martha said to Jesus, if you had been here, my brother would not have died. But I know that even now, God will give you whatever you ask. Jesus said, your brother will rise again. I'm not going to comment a whole lot while I go through it. Sorry, we're just going to read. I have lots of comments. But Martha answered, I know he'll rise again in the resurrection at the last day. And Jesus said to her, I am the resurrection and the life. The one who believes in me will live even though they die. And whoever lives by believing in me will never die. Do you believe this? Yes, Lord, she replied. I believe that you're the Messiah the Son of God who has come into the world. 
And after she said this, she went back and called her sister Mary. Said, the teacher's here. He's asking for you. Mary heard this. She got up quickly and went to him. And Jesus had not yet entered the village, but was still at the place where Martha had met him. When the Jews who had been with Mary in the house comforting her noticed how quickly she got up and went out, they followed her, supposing she was going to the tomb to mourn. When Mary reached the place where Jesus was and saw him, she fell at his feet. She said the, the same thing Martha said. She said, Lord, if you had been here, my brother would not have died. But Jesus, he saw her weeping, and the Jews who had come with her weeping, and he was deeply moved in his spirit and troubled. Where have you laid him, he said. Come and see, Lord, they replied. And Jesus wept. And the Jews said, see how he loved him. But some said, could not he who opened the eyes of the blind man have kept this man from dying? Jesus, once more deeply moved, came to the tomb. It was a cave with a stone laid across, and he said, take away the stone. But Lord, Martha said, by this time there's a bad odor, for he has been dead for four days. Jesus said, did I not tell you that if you believe you will see the glory of God? So they took away the stone, and Jesus looked up to heaven, and he said, Father, I thank you that you've heard me. I know that you always hear me, but I say this for the benefit of the people standing here, that they may believe that you sent me. When he said this, Jesus called in a loud voice, Lazarus, come out. And the dead man came out. His hands and feet were wrapped in strips of linen and the cloth around his face. And Jesus said, take off the grave clothes and let him go. Whew, that's a long one. Long, but powerful. All right. Here's the point I want to make. The overarching thing that he's teaching here is, I am the resurrection and the life. That's the big point. Okay, but... In real time, there's a whole lot of other stuff that happens in this story. So he's saying, like we just went through all these things that Jesus says about him, himself. By the way, the teaching's title tonight is think what, who Jesus says he is. So we did, you know, what has Jesus done for us last week? This is who does Jesus say he is, right? So he says, I'm not going to go through everything he says. I'm taking one thing and talking about why we have a hard time really experiencing it in our lives. So one thing he says is, I am the resurrection and the life, Okay. But these four things stand in our way. We tend to forget that God's timing's not our timing, that his plans aren't our plans, that he's with us in the moment even when we don't see him, and that he operates in supernatural ways we can't expect. So he says to these people, I am the resurrection and the life. But he says some other really strange things. And so I want to go through four statements Jesus makes. And we're going to tie them into the four ways that we doubt. You ready? Here, the first thing he says is, at the very beginning, this sickness will not end in death. That's a weird thing for him to say, because at that moment, he was dead. He was already dead. So, just picture this, because Jesus knew he was dead, right? When he got there, it had been four days, and he only waited two days. So, Lazarus is dead in the tomb. People are already mourning, and Jesus is saying, this is not going to end in death. So face value in real time, it, Jesus, what he's saying, doesn't make any sense. It's like, it's like you know, Nathan being unemployed, and, and God just giving him this word, like, you've got a job. And Nathan's like, but I, but I don't. I, I don't have a job. And God's like, no, but he like, sends people prophesying. I just, see you've got, I just see the Lord saying, you got a job. you got a new job. I don't have a job. See, Lazarus was already dead. Is God's, are his words false? Are they a lie? And the problem is that God's timing is so uh, 
that God's perspective, sorry, God's perspective is eternal. That God isn't in the moment. See, we're in the moment and we only see what's right in front of us. That's what's so hard about living in this world because God rarely deals with just what's happening in the moment. He connects what's happening in the moment with where he's taking us. And he has this plan that he's taking us to. And so he's not so worried about what's happening right now all the time. Now we're going to get to another point where he is with us. But just hold on for a second, okay? So he's saying, listen, I know this sickness will not end in death. But there's like all this stuff that's going to happen in between him giving this promise and it actually happening. There's mourning. He's even going to mourn. Right? There's things going the opposite direction. Now, I know this is one story and it happens over a couple of days, but you know what? Enter into that story for a little while. Like, something happens the opposite of what God's been telling you, and you have to sit with that reality for a couple of days. Has it ever happened to you? It's happened to me. It's really difficult. All right, I heard this, uh, I heard this thing. I, don't, I think it was on the radio or something. I don't know. I read it somewhere. So, um, this guy's praying to God, and he's like, God, is it true that a thousand years is like a second to you? And God says, yes. Is it also true that a million dollars is like a penny to you? God says, yes. He said, great. Could you just give me a penny then? And God said, just wait a second. Ah, 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 ah. Sorry, I had to throw that one in there. Second Thessalonians 3.3 3 says, the Lord is faithful. He will establish you and guard you against the evil one. See, sometimes we forget that God's not instant. Sometimes we lose sight of the fact that, that God has timing that's just outside of what we're doing. So something I've been, uh, I've been wrestling with just an unnatural amount of anxiety over the last couple months in my life. And it's, it's a newer phenomenon in my life, the level of anxiety I've been dealing with. And, you know, so I've been getting prayer and talking to lots of people and complaining a whole lot to my friends. And, uh, and I don't like it. Um, it makes me feel weak. It makes me feel, um, like, embarrassed and, you know, like a little bit less of a strong, faith-filled person. Um, and um, that's it. So next point. Um, and so, you know, I've been trying. I've been, like, pulling out all the stops. And, you know, it's still, actually, it's not like I'm on the other side of this thing. Like, I'm in, in it still. Um, but one of the things that God has been telling me is that I need to learn how to wait well. And I don't, I don't know how to wait well. I know how to wait. And the way that I wait is impatiently and anxiety building and frustrating, you know, in anything in life. I don't, I don't like to wait for anything. And so God was telling me to learn how to wait well. There's a way that you can wait that will drive you crazy and will actually deplete your strength and deplete your resources. And waiting will wear you out. Or there's a way that you can wait that's full of faith that builds you up, that brings you closer to God. Who, what are you waiting on right now in your life? What are you waiting on? An answer to prayer. What are you waiting on employment-wise? What are you waiting on relationship-wise? What are you waiting on character development-wise? And you're like, enough is enough. Come on, God. When is this going to happen? I mean, God is there, and he's like, it's coming. It's like, it's like knowing Amazon will deliver in 48 hours. Have you ever been like, it's not here yet? Have you ever, and you like go outside and you look around like some injustice has been done, right? You go check your mailbox, you look under your deck, right? I, I, seriously, I just did this recently. I ordered a book for Samuel and it did not appear in the time uh, allotted and I was very frustrated. 
And, you know, we, we sometimes feel like God's got, like, this delivery deadline. But God is, it's, he's more organic, I think. It's more like watching things grow, like watching trees grow over time. Like, he's, he's not like, hey, I'm super interested in making sure that, that, um, that you're not feeling like it's taking too long. Right? That's not his number one concern. His number one concern is, I'm really interested in you developing. So like the best way for you to develop is I'm going to press this, this button right here. I'm just going to keep pressing it and pressing it and pressing it. Like, you know what I mean? Like this thing in your life. So first we need to get his eternal perspective. Here's another thing he says. Secondly, he loved them, so he waited two more days. What? He loved them, so he waited two more days. And then when he got there, the guy's already been in the tomb for four so it's like the question people ask. If God's all good and, and he's all powerful, how come bad things happen? Right? Because God's ways are higher than our ways. The way that we would have him fix this Lazarus problem would be that he would instantly transport himself zoop, to there and say, raise right now. And it would be the least amount of pain for the people involved. But that's, that, again, wasn't God's goal. God's goal was to bring glory to himself and to prove something to everyone. And so do you know what, what he was proving? He specifically needed it to be four days. For three days, the Jews believe that your spirit hovers around and you could resuscitate him. And it might not be a miracle. He wanted to prove that with man, some things are impossible, but with God, all things are possible. So he was like, I love them so much because I love them, I'm going to wait and make it harder because I have a, a higher plan. We're like, no, no, just fix it. Just fix it now. Come on. Right? And he's like, no, no, no. Trust me. Big picture. He's a long game type guy. He's a big picture type guy. He's looking for the fulfillment of the words of God spoken over your life. He's not always interested in the quick fix for you. So his timing's not our timing, and his ways are not our ways. You know, and um, I, love, I love Martha. She's, she's in the midst of this, and even in the midst of it, she's, she's believing, isn't she? And Martha always gets a bad rap, but I think she's out there, and she's like, God, even now, I know you could do something. I love her faith. Okay, third one. Jesus wept. This makes no sense to me either. Why is he crying? He knows what's going to happen. Doesn't he? I mean, he literally is seconds from raising Lazarus from the dead. Why is he crying? And I think that there's something that we are supposed to learn from this, is that Jesus is so with us in the moment. So we just talked about how he's outside of the moment, right? He's, he's on another time frame, and his, so his timing's not our timing. He's eternal. He's got an eternal perspective, long, and he's, his ways are not our ways. Sometimes the way he fixes things is not how we want him to fix it. But conversely or paradoxically, he's also so in the moment with us that even though he knows the long game, even though he knows he's about to raise, do you get this? Even though he knows he's about to raise him from the dead, he's so in touch with the humanity and the nowness of Mary and Martha and what they think is happening that he's moved to tears and cries with them. That is powerful, the, the, the love that he chooses to give us to say, 
listen, even though I know that this is going to be better for you, I will also be with you in the moment. I will also just sit down right now. Lamentations 3 says, The steadfast love of the Lord never ceases, and his mercies never come to an end. They are new every morning. Great is your faithfulness. They're new every morning. And I, and I, I think that's because he is a God of the present. It's the whole idea in the Old Testament how he fed the Israelites in the wilderness with manna that came from heaven that they had to eat that day. And if they saved it till tomorrow, it was ruined because his mercies are new every morning. It's one day at a time. He's a present God, and we need to get his grace for the day and just get through the day with his grace because he's with us every moment, every step, at work, with your kids, whatever, you know, with your spouse, So he's got this paradox. Do you see what I'm talking about? And then last thing, he says, Lazarus, come out. Now, I just think this is funny. I was reading this in a commentary that it was important that he said Lazarus. Have you heard this? Because if he just said come out, every dead person in the world would have walked out at that time. That would have been a funny slip up on Jesus' part, right? (laughs) Come out. Wait, no, no. I mean, just Lazarus. So he says, Lazarus, come out. And I don't know if anyone saw that coming. Because Jesus came, he's like crying, he's comforting people. Everybody thinks he's, he's dead, he's dead dead. It's been four days, right? He's, he's double dead, right? He's super dead. And Jesus hasn't done this yet, right? So no one's sitting there like, can't wait till he does it, it's going to happen, I right? This is, this is unexpected. This is an unexpected and supernatural answer to the cry of Mary and Martha's hearts. And now we all know this story, but that's, this story hadn't happened yet. Can you imagine being there? Can you imagine when he said, Lazarus, come out, people are like, you know, what? Like, dude, Jesus, you really got to get the difference between sleep and death down, right? We talked about it on the way here. Sleep and death are different. Let's talk about it again. Come here. It's kind of embarrassing. Everybody heard that, but just, we'll just pretend you were kind of upset. You were crying, you know. He's dead, right? And he... Maybe some of them had a little bit of expectation, like, hmm, you know, that, 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 like, a little leap of faith in your heart where you're like, I wonder. You ever do that? I wonder, I'll just pray it quietly, like, Jesus, I pray for this. You know, like a, that, that thought that's, like, really crazy, and you're a little afraid to pray it. I've been reading a book called, uh, it's actually a devotional um, about uh, circle prayers or something, or prayer circles, or I don't know. But uh, you, he, t- he says we need to stop telling God how big our problems are. This is like cheesy, I know, but it's just sticking with me, so I like cheesy stuff. Stop telling God how big our problems are and stop, start telling our problems how big God is, right? And it's like a different way of thinking about it, isn't it? Like looking at your, your anxiety, looking at your fear, looking at your life problem and saying, well, I've got this incredible, supernatural, unexpected God with limitless resources. I don't know the answer, but one's coming. His ways are higher than my ways. His timing's outside of my timing. It's all about what? It's all of this is about trust, isn't it? It's all about trust. It's like I was on the trampoline today with Eden, and we were jumping up and down, having this great time, and then the enemy came. Okay, so I'm the father, right, in this scenario, and, and she's like the Christian, and then a bee was the enemy, all right? 
And this bee enters into our enclosed trampoline. We're trapped with the bee. Now, she knows that her dad is also deathly allergic. Here's where the whole father God thing breaks down. But um, I was like trying to shield her and say, I'll protect you. We'll figure it out. Just calm down. And she's like losing it, like freaking out and running away from me. And I'm trying to like get her and say like, but you know what? She didn't trust me. She, she didn't have a plan, so she's just running, right? And so she's going to end up putting herself in a worse situation. But isn't that what we do? God's like, let me, let me protect you. And we're like, no, you know? And he's like, where are you going? You're like, I don't know. I'm not sure, but I don't trust you. And I'm just going to try something, you know? Right? I did this once in my life. So um, we, this was years ago, but we, uh, I used to work, you know, I still work for the church, but I used to work for the church and for this great company called Eleni. And um, it, it was like my side job and I loved it and it was wonderful. And then, and then one day, like, I don't know, uh, it, it literally felt like within a couple hours it ended, you know, and it, well, I know it wasn't like that, but pretty quickly it ended. And so our family had a significant source of income disappear. And so I was like, okay, I'm not gonna freak out. I'm not gonna freak out, right? I'm like, God, we need more employment. We need more money. And then God started opening all these doors, and I just said yes to all of them. And so I was like, yeah, 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 yeah. And then after a couple months, I realized, like, I didn't use any sort of discernment or wisdom or prayer afterwards. I was just like, you know, everything that even looks like a possibility, I'll do. And I was, um, I was killing myself. And so then when that season ended, I figured out, okay, let's dial it back a little bit. And, you know, and God brought a little bit of balance to my life. But I freaked out. You know, have you ever had that moment where you, where you just like, you know, I just stopped trusting God. And I was like, I've got to provide. I have to get every job I can get. I need to work, you know, 75 hours a day, right? And, and fill this. I have to work somehow three jobs at once. And I wasn't trusting God. And we, we need to come to trusting him. So there's these, these areas that I'm just going to harp on again. That his, his ways are not our ways, so we need to trust him. His timing is not our timing, so we need to trust, we need to trust the process. And, and we can know that he's with us in the moment, right? So that brings a level of peace. We can know that he's with us. And, and we need to like be open to the unexpected supernatural. Like We need to pray in such a way that we're praying to a God who does things that will blow us away on a regular basis. And it's okay to pray prayers like that. Like sometimes I think not knowing that limits how we pray. I don't know if that limits God. It's possible. But we, 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 he has kind of chosen to limit himself based on prayers in some ways. And so if we're just always praying kind of like easy, safe prayers— then that's the kind of stuff that we're going to get, probably, you know? And so we need to start praying some bigger things and praying to a God who's supernatural, a God who walks onto the scene and says, he's been dead four days, I don't care, right? I mean, isn't that saying, I think this is impossible, I can't even come up with a way to fix this anymore, God, you were late. Isn't that what they're saying? If you had been here, you could have fixed it, but you're totally late, it's over, we're screwed, and Jesus is like, oh, okay. But with God, all things are possible. And so let's try this. Right? Lazarus, come out. I mean, you don't know what he's, when he's going to say that in your life. But we can just keep praying. God, here's this thing. Just keep presenting it. God, you are bigger than my problem. 
you are bigger than my problem, and I'm going to choose to trust you. So um, I don't know so where the worship, I know, is Jonathan coming back in or not? Uh, I'm looking at Mandy. Mandy, he was going to talk to you about trading with you at some point. He didn't talk to you about that? That's good. Um, okay, so. <laughs> good timing. All right, Shannon, are you coming or not? Okay. Can you two go up and make some sort of musical things happen? Good. <laughs> Here's what we're going to do. So um, I, I've got some prayers that um, I wrote. <laughs> so if you don't like them, just throw it away. But uh, based on the four, the four areas of trust, I've got some prayers that I think you could pray tonight just on your own. So what we do now um, is we go back into a time of worship. This is a response time to the teaching. So uh, James is going to dim the lights again. We're going to have a little time where you can worship, you can take communion, um, you can just spend some time praying over these. Also, you can take these home and just, like, I would insert whatever area of your life that you need to trust them in right now and pray these over that area, okay? And take it home with you and pray it. Um, and also, we want to pray for each other. So you can take communion, um, you can come up to the table you know, on your own. It's just a between you and God kind of experience. Take it back to your seat. You can stay at your seats and worship. You can meditate on these prayers, or you can come up and get prayer. So over on this side right here, we're going to have a couple people over here. If you'd like to get prayer, if there's any areas of your life right now where you're feeling, yeah, this is just, you know, I don't, I don't know what God's doing, right? I'm having a hard time trusting, and you want prayer for encouragement, prayer for strength, for perseverance, then come on up. Also, if you're sick or anyone in your family is sick or, or in pain, and you, we pray for healing, we try to pray for healing every week. You know, the God who answers prayers supernaturally and unexpectedly, let's keep praying those prayers. I'll tell you a quick testimony about that. So I've got a Project Timothy uh, graduate who lives in Florida now, and she texted me a couple weeks ago, and she had a, um, a cyst that was growing um, in, it, it was, I forget, I think it was in her neck. And um, they had scheduled for her to come get a, um, a needle biopsy, right? And it was scheduled two weeks out. So she contacted a bunch of Project Timothy people, have them pray. So we've been praying and praying. She had some pastor down there praying for her. So she went in on her scheduled appointment, and they ultrasound again to, to see where to stick the needle, and they couldn't find it. Literally, they have a picture of it, and now they don't. And there was just a little bit of calcification, which was like proof of a leftover where a cyst would have been. But there, there was nothing to biopsy, so they didn't stick the needle in. Did you guys know about that? Shannon Zulinki? Yeah, so miraculous healing. Totally miraculous healing. And that's just the kind of stuff that God can do. He can do that in your life too. So um, come up and get prayer. So we'll, let's respond. Oh, yeah. I want to, should we pass this out? I'm just going to keep them. Thanks.